I'm the referee on this field, not you. That's goals and blokes. Nice ball then. Maybe it's against his religion to hit the That's ball. Balls and blokes. Manadogara between the post. That's balls and blokes. We call their name Joe. Oi, oi. It's a podcast with real nuts. Joey. Shots. How's it going, mate? Good, brother. Yourself? Good to be back. Good to be back on the pod. Another Wednesday, another pod. Potting it out. Hey, how good's uh, later on? I know. Origin game number one tonight. Mm. Looking forward to it. You Can't fizz? wait. I'm fizzed. What do you reckon? Queensland. Queensland. I reckon they can get up, eh? Hey? I think oh, they'll struggle, but I think they can do it. So looking forward to watching that mm. uh, a little bit later on. Episode, what are we now? 13. 13. I know. It's a few episodes, isn't it? Yep. We've done well. I know. Yeah. Uh, huge thanks to Scott at Four Mates Brewery, of course, for his continued support uh, of the pod. It's an exciting episode this one, our second ever phone interview. That's going to be a little bit exciting. Not our second ever guest, our third guest, I guess we could say. Uh, we've had content yeah. to Daryl uh, in our Origin special that popped out on Friday. Good episode, that one there too. Really enjoyed that. Uh, so a bit of a special guest a little bit later on. I'm going to catch up with Bradley Scott, talk all things black caps and cricket with him. Uh, going to uh, do our usual Warriors chat. Super Rugby, and uh, we'll do our on-report segment as well, where we cover uh, the things happening in the NRL. Not too many games over the course of the weekend, so things might be uh, quick and sharp today, but big weekend uh, for you, Joey. It's a mate here from Dunedin. How was your weekend? Yeah, good long weekend. Um, I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah, sort of, we both went out quite a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, went to a gig on Sunday night, um, and sort of, you know, went out to town on Saturday night. Bit of a bit of trouble with a bouncer. Oh, are you going to fill us in? Yeah, well, I don't actually know. Um, I don't think it was that deep, but I did get um, sort of chucked against a wall. And Did you? Yeah, I got thrown down the stairs a wee bit. Is that what this wee mark is on your face? Yeah. Yeah, I, everyone keeps going on about me having a fight, but no, it was just... Um, just a bouncer? Just a, a lady bouncer. No. Oh, was it? No, it wasn't a lady. No. Some of those bouncers are a bit big for their boots, eh? I think they are, eh? I don't know. Just, just a few. I think they've got some authority or something, but <laughs> I wasn't even doing anything wrong, but... yeah. Yeah, well, uh, my weekend, I um, had my band from Invercargill. They were up here because my bass player's on tour uh, with a band from SIT and his course that he's doing. Uh, so they came up and played, and I went and watched them on both Friday and Saturday, which was really cool. Managed to get up for a jam as well uh, on Saturday night out in Littleton, which was um, exciting to get What's your favourite song to play? Oh, what did I play on the weekend? We had to give me one reason, but a Tracy Chapman. I love that. Yeah, good song. So that was cool to play that um, with those guys. But they did some cool stuff, the rest of the band. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, looking forward to hopefully getting back on the sticks shortly. I wouldn't mind getting those guys up here. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's much else happening in the, in the blokes department, is it? We've had a busy week at course. Yeah, we're sort of doing that assessment at the moment. So um, it's been pretty pretty hectic. Mm. Up, up late nights in the recording, yeah. oh, sorry, editing sort of suite. Yeah, oh. Um, Congratulations to you as well, Joey, picking yourself up a job. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, it's a bit cheers. exciting. It's done tomorrow. Yeah. I know. Looking forward to that. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I'll be yeah. coming down for a beer to catch you down. Where is it? Uh, the Bailey. The Bailey. Bailey Ave. Yeah, I'll be mm. coming down there for a beer. Do they, have, do they have the four blokes? Four, four, four mates. Four blokes, do they? Four blokes. Uh, four mates. I don't know that one, eh? Four mates brewery. No, they don't, but they should. They should. Should I... um Put the good word in. Shall I uh, pull some fingers and... Pull some fingers? You know? Pull some strings, maybe? <laughs> no, nah, just fingers. <laughs> oh, all right, let's rip into our Warriors yarn. That's Balls and Blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi! Another tough week for the Warriors this week. Yeah. Sort of 
It's getting a bit of a uh, trend at the moment for the boys. We've but said that a few times, mate. It's a tough week for the Warriors. I know. Uh, the Seagulls beating the Warriors 44-12. to What did you make of the game, Shuts? Uh, it was a tough watch. Uh, early on, I thought the Warriors weren't looking too bad. Uh, and, of course, a Seagulls side a little bit under strength as well. Uh, of course, still missing Tommy Turbo and that sort of stuff. They're probably lucky uh, in the fact that they still do have um, some of their players sitting there, some of their core players. Uh, I thought Garrick was very, very good. Managed to convert a few tries and managed to pick himself up a double, I think it was. Mm, it was double, yep. Um, so no, he was very, very good throughout the course of the game. Unfortunate for Bunty Afoa uh, back in the 26th minute, heading off to the Simbin. Don't know what I thought of that there. Uh, I thought it was slightly dumb on his behalf. But, yeah, the Warriors just, they weren't great. Bunty did get a bit of redemption, though, when he came back on later on. And I think it was like the... It was close to the 80th minute, picked himself up a try. So, um, yeah, the Warriors, once again, you know, 24-0 at halftime. It's not a great place to be. It's hard to come back from that. Yeah, I was disappointed with the Warriors. I thought this week may have been the week that we could get back into that sort yeah. of top 10, sort of in contention with that top eight, uh, especially with a sort of weakened Seagulls side. But yeah. um, I thought Olo Kuatu for the um, Seagulls was really good. He had 210 running metres um, just... I don't know, just ran through us. Um, but, yeah, as you said, 24-0 in the first half. But the second half, the Warriors actually come out with a bit of fight. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Reese Walsh, Marcelo Montoya and Adam Pompey, the only ones um, sort of reaching that 100-metre mark, which is pretty average in a for a league team. Um, if we look at the missed tackles, though, this was really, was this really where the game was lost. Um, 45 missed tackles to Manly's only yeah. 19. Um, yeah, just a tough... Just a tough day. Average numbers. And as you said, though, Joey, like this is a chance for the Warriors to uh, make some moves and start sort of moving up that leaderboard as these players are away playing Origin and that sort of stuff. A lot of understrength teams out there. Uh, so, if you know, if I was the Warriors, this is the chance to grab some valuable points and get some wins under your belt with teams that are, you know, well under strength. I know. And it must be hard um, missing a coach as well. That might have made an impact on, on their week this week, um, as well as, you know, the whole CHT thing and, you know, Jazz Tavaga having a big go at them. You know, it's just, it doesn't look like it's too good for the Warriors at the moment, just the um, culture, as you said last week. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I hope they come back this week. Well, obviously we're going to give a new coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting with old Stacey Jones. Yeah, taking the You've got range. a bit of facts here. Yeah, so of course, unless you have been living under a rock, uh, you will now be well aware that Warriors coach Nathan Brown has been sacked just a week after Warriors owner Mark Robinson uh, reassured fans that there will be no change until the end of the year uh, when a review would be undertaken. Brown then informed the management last Thursday that due to personal reasons, he could not relocate to New Zealand long term, but he would work out his contract, uh, which still has one year left to run. And emergency meeting was then called on Tuesday morning with Robinson and CEO Cameron George and Brown was sacked prior to it. Uh, Stacey Jones who is the assistant coach uh, beforehand will fill in for the rest of the season so it should be interesting to see uh, whether Stacey Jones does hold that job uh, going into next season or not. I think Stacey Jones though uh, will be a very very fitting man to take the top job. Um, you know he's got a history with the club, the club means a lot to him, New Zealand Rugby League means a lot to Stacey Jones um, so I think it could be very interesting to see where he slots in there and I did see as well uh, that of course Nathan Brown has now announced he is fully retired um, from coaching so um, obviously he's, he's, he's run his mark mm. sort of thing, he's, he's done what he needed to do um, and he's obviously realised it's not for him Yeah I'd love to see a bit of passion with the coaches for the Warriors, obviously we've had four coaches in three seasons yeah. which is Pretty embarrassing numbers, yeah. you know. It just shows that people aren't really wanting to be there, um, and if they are there, they're not doing the job. Uh, I love Stacey Jones to sort of 
you know, put his foot in the door and just and keep it there, if you know what I mean. Just keep it there for a couple of seasons, build us up, get a culture going. Um, obviously, all the boys will get around Stacey Jones because of how good he was for the club, um, as well as, as you said, New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some more news for the Warriors. That's good news for them as well. With hard-hitting second rower Josh Curran making his way back from injury, he has been named on the bench in this weekend's match against the Cronulla Sharks. Another great chance for the Warriors to uh, put some form together and hopefully get some points on the board. So that's pretty much all of my Warriors news. Anything else from you, Joey? Nah, nah. Uh, who's the, they played Sharks this week, don't they? Mm. But wherever we look at that in the predictions. That's balls and blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Well, into our general NRL chat, this is where we talk all things that are... On report, this incident. It's on report. I like that, eh? That was, that was your probably cleanest one yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's because cool. I introed it, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, flick us the results from this weekend, Joey. Well, last weekend, sorry. So round 13 of the uh, NRL kicked off on Thursday with 32-6 to six to the Cowboys against the Titans. Um, Panthers, even though missing a lot of their team, still getting the job done 30-18 to 18 against the Bulldogs. Um, as we said, the Seagulls won 44-12 to 12 against the Warriors and the Raiders just pipping the Roosters at the post with 22-16. to 16. Only four games that week. Um, you know, I think there was four buys, so... Uh, a short week for NRL fans, but um, equally a big week. Exactly. Let's just jump into that Roosters-Raiders game. Of course, I see that, uh, not just because I'm a Roosters fan, but I see that as quite the upset, uh, to completely honest with you. Roosters, on paper, are one of the best teams in the competition still, even though they're not getting, um, you know, major big wins and results like they should be. Uh, I thought Tupanua was very good. Uh, he got a try in the 25th minute in that game there. As far as the um, Raiders go, I thought Fogarty was good off the boot with his conversions. He managed to convert three uh, and missing one of them, I think it was there. So a mixed bag of results. Sam Walker, once again, yeah, average for the Roosters. Did some good things at times. He missed one conversion uh, out of his three attempts, I think it was. So, um, yeah, unfortunate for the Roosters. They're going to need to pull some form out of somewhere if they want to be uh, in the pointy end come the latest stages of the season. Yes, they're another team uh, that is affected by origin, but, yeah, I just, I just don't know what's what struck the Roosters. Yeah, potential rookie of the year um, and Xavier Savage was really good for the Canberra Raiders this week. Yeah. Um, he scored a really good try, but, you know... As we saw at the start of the season, old, um, I think Ricky Shaw is the coach, isn't he? The Raiders. Raiders, yep. yeah. Um, he wasn't happy with Xavier Savage at the start, and obviously he's come in, jumped into that fullback role, and he's playing really well at the moment, so that's good to see for Xavier Savage. Um, and I thought he was really key in beating the Roosters this week. Jumping into the Penrith versus, uh, Can- uh, not Canberra, Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs game, sorry. Uh, Josh Adokar, a double in that game there. Is that enough for him to prove that he should be playing Origin? Not too sure. He managed to grab a try in the 20th minute uh, and one in the 50th as well. Matt Burton, he was good off the uh, off the boot. Very, very good to see. Yeah, he's playing really well. Um, you know, as we said in the Origin special last week, maybe in a different team, he'd be definite a definite selection for the New South Wales team. His booting, uh, sorry, would you say booting game? Kicking game. Kicking his, game. His kicking game is so good, especially that high ball he does. It spirals in the air and you don't know where it's gone. He actually um, he troubled Dylan Edwards with a bit with it. Yeah. And he never drops a ball. So um, that was really impressive that week. But just not enough for the Panthers. They're too quick. Exactly. I thought Kakao was really, really good. I don't know how he's not playing Origin. Exactly. But that, that's a good thing for the Panthers, though, to have a player like that, you know, that's starting week in, week out. Um, someone that's good enough to be playing Origin, still stuck in that side there. But don't discount him, though, Joey, because uh, injury can change a lot in Origin. So he could be gone very, very shortly. We never know. Yeah, I think he's playing the best footy at the moment for a second rower. So um, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him in the Origin series these next two games. Yeah, exactly. Three and the, oh, we might as well touch on the other game because it's the only other game of the weekend uh, that we haven't touched on. We've already done the Warriors. Uh, that was, of course, the Cowboys and the Titans. 32 points to six. Cowboys getting the win, as you said before. Uh, pretty straightforward, bland game. It was uh, all about the Titans to start with. They managed to get a try in the 16th minute. Uh, it was Sexton that managed to dot down for that one there. And then after that, it was all dominance uh, from the Cowboys. Things relatively straightforward in that game there. Uh, Drinkwater missing a couple of conversions. Managed to make a couple as well, though. Uh, so I'm guessing a bit of kicking practice may come into play uh, for the Cowboys this week. And other NRL news, though, sorry. Tuesday, it wasn't a great day for Tigers coach Michael Madge Maguire, either with the Tigers or the Kiwis coach. Uh, also getting the axe after showing some improvement with the Tigers this season, but not enough to impress the Tigers, um, the board and the chairman and that sort of stuff. Uh, former Sharks and Bulldogs coach halfback Brett Kimmerley will take the coach's spot until the end of the season. So uh, Michael Maguire, pretty sad day for him, I guess. I really like him, especially after watching that. What was that, Doc? documentary called um, Tales of Tiger Town did you watch that? No I've never watched that it's a big documentary all about his coaching and stuff mm. and all about being involved in the uh, in the Tigers camp very yeah. very interesting he's very straightforward he says it how it needs to be said and he has a cool relationship with each of his players which is um, very very cool Knights coach Adam O'Brien and Titans coach Justin Holbrook are also sweating their roles uh, at their respective clubs while Holbrook has been assured he is safe for now uh, O'Brien is under pressure to perform with the Knights struggling in the first half of the season uh, with Trent Barrett Michael Maguire and Nathan Brown already sacked it's about to create a merry-go-round of coaches and the rumour mill is already running rampant. Maguire is now being linked to both the Warriors and Bulldogs vacant roles. Uh, Barrett has been linked to the Warriors and Tigers and Barrett is known for being a great defensive coach which would really suit the Warriors uh, who already have a relatively strong attacking game which is um, pretty cool to see. Other coaches currently looking are former Queensland coach Paul Green who won a premiership coach in the Cowboys. John Morris who took the Sharks to 7th place uh, with just one season of coaching. Panthers defensive coach Cameron uh, Seraldo, I think his name is uh, how you pronounce it. Uh, he's looking for head coach's roles but would prefer to remain in Australia so the Bulldogs or Tigers could really appeal to him. And Blues coach Brad Fittler has said he would also be keen to coach in you know, our squad. Bring him to the Warriors, I reckon. Uh, most likely the Bulldogs due to his close friendship with um, Gus Fulgold and, of course, uh, Paul McGregor, the former Dragons coach. He has retired uh, but has expressed a desire to have another crack at coaching. Uh, Josh Hannay has also had some experience filling in for John Morris when he left the Sharks and Paul Green when he left the Cowboys, but both times he missed out on the full-time role. So uh, quite a bit of stuff happening Far out. in coaching. Mm. A lot of uh, spots opening as well for these for these guys looking for jobs in the NRL? I think someone like Maguire could be good uh, for the Warriors, personally. I think someone that's mm. sort of um, quite hard-skinned and can, can tolerate a bit of shit, I think. Yeah. Well, as we said, um, look, I just want a bit of passion at the club. Um, yeah. You know, we're even looking at Billy Slater as a coach, but you can't deny his passion for the origin, even though he hasn't coached before. Um, that passion that he brings is probably going to be... Um, I don't know, vital. Yeah. And it's something the Warriors, I think, lack. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Tough times ahead. The Bulldogs enforcer Jack Hetherington is weighing up where he will play next season. He's currently out for the rest of this season with injury and is only on a one-year deal with the Doggies. Uh, and it's his father who has expressed his hopes that his son will end up at the Newcastle Knights. His father, Brett Hetherington, played for the Cowboys and Raiders over a nine-year career. Uh, but in 2002, he brought a pub in Newcastle uh, and he said he would love to see his son wearing the red and blue of the local team. Hetherington has been a suspension magnet uh, since debuting in the NRL, playing 43 games but being suspended for a total Total of 17 games. Bit of a grub, Joey. Definitely. Definitely. Is that all you've got to say? Yeah. <laughs>
Queensland coach Billy Slater has urged Cameron Munster to stay loyal to the Melbourne Storms, uh, saying that when he was playing there, he knocked back many big uh, big dollar offers from other clubs to stay there with the Storms. This comes after New South Wales stars Josh Adokar and Matt Burton missed selection for Origin after playing for the Bulldogs and struggling in an underperforming team, which is what we said uh, just before. And last but not least, Joey, the Penrith uh, Panthers are set to lose a rising star of the game with junior fullback uh, Charles Staines' um, future at the club becoming increasingly clouded. Staines was tipped to take the fullback spot from Dylan Edwards, but Edwards' remarkable improvement has put doubts over him taking that spot. Penrith coach Ivan Cleary has also tried Staines uh, on the wing, but Taylor May has just signed a new deal with the club, dropping Staines down the pecking order ever so slightly uh, and him struggling to find a spot in a star-studded team. Reports state Staines could bag $350,000 a season and his father and also manager Calm Staines uh, has said that he may land at the Bulldogs with fullback Matt Duffy set to sign a contract to play in the UK Super League next season so uh, some very very interesting times all around the NRL Joey That's interesting especially with the Panthers going so well and I, I've said Dylan Edwards is, was playing really well um, but they've got so much talent that Taylor May's Probably, I think he's um, up there in the in the top try scorers as well. Um, you know, with your Cobos, yeah. um, your Pappenhausens, top like, uh, players like that. Um, and it's just interesting that um, when they come back, you know, those those roles are already filled, and they'll have to look elsewhere. I think we need to just very briefly touch on uh, our NRL fantasy as well. Uh, of course, okay. we both do that. We're in a couple of leagues and that there, and um, it's quite tough through Origin time, isn't it? Because you have to let go of some of your big players. You get four trades a week now uh, instead of just being able to trade two players. So you can build up quite a strong team there of players that aren't playing Origin. It's quite um, it, it's tough. Who'd you grab this week? Uh, who did I grab this week? I can't. I thought I got the cheese back, Brandon Smith. Uh, because I had Lawton in there, and he's now uh, injured. He's not playing this weekend. Uh, I can't remember who else I grabbed. I grabbed... Um, who did I say last night? I can't quite remember who I grabbed. Grabbed a few players anyway. I managed to do all four of my trades. I had to get rid of uh, Victor Radley, which is unfortunate, because he doesn't score uh, two bad points at times. But, um, yeah, he's no go at the moment either. Tough. Tough. Yourself, who did you grab? Um, I grabbed Big Tino. Oh, okay. I don't know what this what the go is here. They, they've all got ticks beside their names, but they're all playing Origin tonight. So, um, will they be playing? Obviously, but um, it seems a bit weird to mm. play two days after Origin. Yeah, doesn't seem yeah. to make sense. Who else did you get? Uh, Mitch Moses. Um, I've also grabbed Angus Crichton. Oh yeah, and Josh Curran back. Yeah, Josh Curran. Mm. He scores good points, doesn't he? Normally, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm unsure how he'll go after a, a bit of an injury, but yeah. Oh, well, Joe, we've just pushed the wrong button, mate. Yeah, you've done that quite a bit now. Eh? I've done it twice. Done it twice. Three. Three. Is there yeah, three? There's three. Okay. Well, I wasn't meant to push that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyhow, our Super Rugby yarn. This episode looking quite short, Joey. I know. I know. We're sort of boosting through it, aren't we? Well, I suppose we've got a big interview coming up later. Yeah, that's so true. So tune into that. Bradley Scott, looking forward to hearing what he has to say uh, all about the Black Caps test against England. Unfortunate result for them, eh? Yeah. Rob it. Sorry. Robbed of it. Robbed, yeah. <laughs> what was that look for? I was, just, I was about to talk and then you started talking. Okay, you go. Um, <laughs> quarterfinals this week for Super Rugby. Yeah. Uh, obviously some big games. Do you want to read them out? Yes, all things kicked off on Friday night here in Christchurch, the Crusaders against the Reds. Uh, and it's been a clean sweep so far for the Crusaders, 37 points to 15. Uh, what a win from those guys. Saturday, three games throughout the day. Uh, of course, the Chiefs and the Waratahs. Chiefs getting the win, 39 points to 15. Uh, the Blues had the Highlanders. They got the win, 35 points to 6. So, uh, oh, it's a 
tough game for the Highlanders. We'll touch on that in just a moment. And then, of course, it was the Brumbies and the Hurricanes, 35 points to 25. Unfortunate for the Hurricanes, uh, and that means one Aussie team in the form of the Brumbies making uh, their way into the semi-finals this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, great, great to see the Brumbies actually taking a New Zealand team out. You know, you know, you don't normally say that, but yeah, I do like seeing um, a bit of difference uh, with the finals coming up, the, court, the semi-finals coming up. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be taking on the Blues, I'm pretty sure. So um, hopefully they can, um, well, hopefully the Blues get the job done. But uh, you know, if the Brumbies make a final, I won't be annoyed about it. If you, if you know what I mean. Let's jump into the first game of the weekend, of course. It was uh, the Crusaders and the Reds. Richie Moanga really, really impressed me. Uh, both off the boot, managed to pick himself up a try as well. Will Jordan grabbed himself a try, uh, and it looks to be that Moanga played the full 80, which is great to see. Uh, as far as the Reds go, there wasn't too many opportunities for them. The score at halftime was 16-8 in that game there. Um, so they managed to grab a, a try, a converted try, sorry, uh, in the second half there, which was very, very handy for them. As I said, Will Jordan, he managed to get himself up a try um, in the first half in the 15th minute, but Richie Moanga pretty much carried them uh, throughout the whole game. Sevi Reese, he managed to grab himself a try as well, uh, and it was Williams that grabbed himself a try in the 75th minute. So um, a pretty straightforward game for the Crusaders. They're looking very, very good, Joey. Yeah, four backs really stood out to me for the Crusaders. Uh, obviously, you said Richie Mwanga, Will Jordan, um, Sevu Reese, yeah, big right foot. He was um, really impressive, as well as Fanga Nuku. Yeah, and I think we might see him. Um, you know, going to that higher honours um, not too far away. Exactly. Of course, team is being named next week. Uh, just jumping into that Chiefs versus Waratahs game, an interesting game there. I thought it would have been a little bit closer than this year because the Warriors have showed a lot of form uh, this season. Brad Weber got the uh, try scoring underway. Waratahs. What did I say? Warriors. Warriors. Oh, because they haven't shown any form this season. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Give me a break. The Waratahs. Oh, far out. The Warriors. <laughs> Listen to it. Uh, in the sixth minute, Brad Weber got the opening try of the game. Uh, of course, Bryn Gatlin was very good off the boot as well. Didn't miss a kick all game. Uh, sorry, no, yes, he did the 65th minute. Missed uh, one conversion there. He was very good, though. I see he's starting again this weekend. Josh Iwani at fullback for them. Uh, Luke Jacobson, he grabbed a try in the 22nd minute. Uh, Nankyville. Is it Nankyville? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he very, good. very good. He's, he got a, good. he's been good in the later stages of the season, yep. especially. Um, so whether we see him in higher honours, I'm not too sure. I don't know if I he's quite too, there. Too, too um, little to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think we can... Um, I, think, I don't think you can have a couple of good games and, yeah. then, and then jump in there, but um, we'll injury, injury can we'll mean a lot. We'll see future. Mm. Exactly. So yeah, that game there, pretty straightforward, as we said. Uh, 39 points to 15. And then, Joey, I suppose we, oh, we should jump into this game, shouldn't we? Yeah, well, my opinion, the Blues were just too strong, too fast and too strong. Yeah. Um, but Highlanders, you know, they they've had a tough season with um, a lot of injuries. Uh, Aaron Smith not playing—that's huge. I Massive. mean, he's our captain as well as our best player. Um, and oh, I just. Yeah, I just struggle to see how we could, could have won that with without him, to be honest. Let's look into the uh, 22nd minute of this game here where things really, really turned around. Uh, I think a certain Andrew Macaleo has really, really embarrassed himself. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, taking, as soon as I saw that, I thought, you know, we're done for. Taking a red card and then walking off laughing, you know? Yeah. Where's, where's your respect is how I sort of see it. Um, yes, he did wrong. I think the red card was deserved. I think, um, you know, if, oh. if they're keeping it consistent. Mm, if they're keeping it just consistent, definitely. Yeah, but, um, with the way yeah. the law is now in the game, contact to the head or, you know, tackles like that are, are a red card. And if, if they're going to keep it consistent, and they have they have been pretty good with their consistency, I'll give the referees and um, the rugby 
union, I guess committee, you could say, yeah. committee um, credit there. They have been pretty consistent on things there. So I think it was deserving of either a red or a yellow, either or either. I think, you know, red's on the harsher end of the scale. Um, but I think after seeing him walk off laughing like that, I think he deserves it. Because that's just, you know, lack of respect when, when all the guy out there is trying to do is do his job. Yeah, I thought it was more disrespectful to the fans as well. You know, we're playing in a quarterfinal against the Blues. They're the top team. They're 13-1. and one, And we were, what would we say, 4-10 and 10 or something? Yeah, something four like and that. 4-10. Um, and as you saw with the lineups, we're looking at the lineups here on um, on Tribe. You know, we're 6-0 up, red card, and then it was just all the Blues. Yeah, exactly. All the Blues from there. And I honestly think if that didn't happen, you know, maybe it could have gone the other way, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but... Pirafeta was for me was really good. Roger Tuivasa Shek showed that he could wear a black jersey. I think um, he, he did, and that's um, Jack Goodhue came out this week and said, "Joey, he came out and he said I would love to play outside of Roger Tuivasa Shek." You know, he got his first try, he set up another one as well. Um, I just think his fast running game. He actually showed his league style, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like he, oh, definitely that breaking the line and that sort of stuff. You know, you see a lot of players break the line and they sort of that contact they take as they're trying to get through the line slows them down a lot. But he was just spotting gaps and going for it. He had defenders hanging yeah. off him and all sorts of stuff, but they just couldn't hold on to the guy. Yeah. Um, and that was really beneficial for the Blues. As you can see, you look at the points, you know, 35 points to six. I think he's in a very good place. Is it his first try of the season? First try in Super Rugby. Super Rugby, yeah. Um, no, I was really impressed with Roger Tuovasa-Shek. For a 12, I think he plays a lot different. Uh, differently to the other 12s. You know, they yeah. most of the other 12s um, run that sort of straight-angled line but two of us are shit. He can run up, he can do the big side step, and he kind of runs like a like a Sevu Reese type yeah. run, like running style when he's in the in the midfield, which is really impressive. Um, Bowden Barrett for me was also really impressive. I don't know how we didn't tackle him on a couple of those tries though. Like, oh, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? It is, and that's the thing, Bowden Barrett. He's got to be he's got to be good at the moment if he wants to hold on to the position. You know, there's, it's being weighed up at the moment whether he's going to be playing first five for the All Blacks, whether he's going to be playing fullback, because you've got so many other good players around him. You know, Richie Moanga, you saw his form in that game against the Reds. He was great. Will Jordan was great, you know? Mm. Yeah. Whether even in starts is um, going to be a big one for me because he's been our standout player for a long time. I think he got, uh, for two seasons in a row, he got the World Rugby um, Player of the Year award. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Moonga came up and we've got so many good first fives and so many good fullbacks. I think that's our strength of our uh, All Blacks team at the moment is just the variety. You know, we had McKenzie um, and now we've got um, Geordie Barrett and Bowden Barrett, Will Jordan. Will Jordan, I think, is a better fullback than he is a winger. He's, you can use him more. Yeah. Um, He's versatile. That's what I like. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, uh, 100%. But oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough for the... Um, Ian Foster to sort of pick the team, I think. It is, exactly. And uh, only one thing I can say about the other game, Joey. 35 points to 25. That Hurricanes-Brumbies game was a good game to watch. And uh, the man on my wall, Josh Morby. I only had a few words that I could say about him. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. It was two tries for Josh Morby. Uh, a double in the quarterfinal. A very, very impressive effort from him. And they weren't, you know, piss poor tries either. He actually broke through the line and was playing really, really well. One of them, he was out on the wing. Uh, one of them, he, he won about 30, 40 metres sort of thing. So a uh, very, very good performance from him. Geordie Barrett, once again, he was good. Missed a couple of conversions, I think. Um, and other than that, that game there was all pretty straightforward. Um, unfortunate for the Hurricanes. They were looking good uh, at halftime, 22 points to 15. They were up, uh, and they were up for, you know, majority of that second half as well. It wasn't until, uh, let me take a look here, the, you know, the 64th minute where the Brumbies took control of that uh, 26 points to 25, and we didn't see the Hurricanes score again after that. 
Yeah, well, the cards played a huge um, role in that game. You know, the, yeah. red, the red card. And we also had two yellow cards for both Owen Franks and Ryossi. Um, you know, having only 14 players on the field and sometimes 13, uh, you know, you're not going to win a, a big quarterfinal like that, especially against a pretty, um, you know, well-oiled um, Brumbies team. Interesting from the Brumbies, though, changing their uh, goal kicker throughout the game. Of course, Nick White, uh, he had a few shots at goal. And then, of course, it was uh, Lolesio. Uh, who plays for the Brumbies as well? Uh, they ended up doing the, did he play the for rest the of them. <laughs> he did, not for the Hurricanes. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're in one of those moods, aren't you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Lolisio's actually had a few goes for the Australian team as well, mm. the Wallabies. Um, but yeah, no, that was sort of it for the Super Rugby. Got anything else to sort of. Add no, on to nothing that. else. Red is looking forward to the team naming next week for the All Blacks. Uh, and yeah, the semi finals this weekend, which we'll touch on in our predictions. Well, Joey, should we catch up with Bradley Scott? Yes, we should. Bats, balls and blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Well, Joey, it's another huge thanks to Scott at Four Mates Brewery for his continued support of the pod. Uh, been in touch with him this week. He's got some exciting things happening for himself. And you said to me he hasn't forgotten about our, what is it? Bats, balls and blokes IPA. That's the one, yeah. So looking Beautiful. forward to that there uh, in the near future and uh, following the process of him making that. But... While we're here, we're going to talk cricket. Uh, our second ever special guest on the pod, and this bloke here, Joey, uh, you have quite the connection with. Who we got? Uh, we've got Bradley Scott, um, obviously a former domestic cricketer for New Zealand. He's played, um, I think, 17 seasons of domestic mm. cricket. Uh, bit of stats for you. Uh, 182 wickets in first-class cricket, 118 in list day, and 65 in T20. So he's the real deal, and we're going to pick his brains just in highlight of the England versus Black Caps test that just happened mm, yeah. uh, not too long ago. Well, quickly, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, oh, well, I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, I did watch bits and pieces of it. I was impressed with the Black Caps at times. Shocking start, I'll give them that. Um, but I think we've got some things to look forward to, uh, some changes that will be made uh, coming into the next test. So um, interesting times ahead for the Black Caps, I think. Hey, Scotty. Hey Joe, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Quite excited. No worries. Are you nervous? Oh, a little bit nervous. I, I never, I'm probably not huge on sharing my opinion because I never like to, um, you know, offend anyone. But, um, well, we'll have a yarn and see what happens there. Oh, I've heard your commentary. It's pretty bloody good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but thank you. Uh, anyway, we'd like to sort of get you to introduce yourself. Obviously, I did it briefly, but um, do you want to just start off uh, where you started playing cricket and sort of where you got to? Sure. Well, it started in Dunedin, um, played for Dunedin and then Tariff at Dunedin. Uh, went to Kings like yourself. Um, so that was sort of my, my junior cricket. Um, played the Tag 1 and 19s and played club cricket for Green Island. My brothers were playing out there, so I played a lot of... Um, Premier cricket for Green Island, and then yeah, got a got a crack um, with Otago when I was about twenty one. Um, took a six for on debut, and so um, yeah, managed to play a few games there. Um, played about six or seven seasons for Otago. Um, then my wife took a teaching job in Hamilton, so I went and played for ND for about the same amount of time. Then came back to Otago for maybe five seasons to finish, and we came back to Dunedin. So um, yeah, I mean, I just. I guess I came along at a time when professional cricket had started, semi-professional in New Zealand, and um, managed to play, managed to stay relatively injury-free and free and play quite a bit of first-class cricket, yeah. Just quickly, as you mentioned there, making your uh, debut for Otago, it has to be a pretty special moment and a most, like a, I guess you could say, a memorable moment in your career. That, uh, sorry, that six set you up 
uh, for the long run? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got to play in Carisbrook and it was quite green on day one and um, I took took a few wickets. I had like four for six at lunch, I think, and ended up taking a six for 40. So, um, yeah, I guess it certainly gave me the belief at that level um, that I could, you know, could potentially be good enough. And then, yeah, I guess it, guess it led to other opportunities um, further down the line. Um, yeah, and obviously numbers are a bit smaller in, in Otago, so... Yeah, it doesn't take a few injuries and you might get another crack. So, yeah, it probably set me up quite well. Uh, now, Scotty, in terms of, you know, obviously you've played um, with some great great cricketers in your time. Um, yeah. Where do I stack up? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> who sticks <laughs> up as the, uh, as the as probably the best? Who was the hardest to bowl to? Uh, oh, jeepers. Um, I got to play against Sri Lanka once and Jay Thuria, uh Took me down in the second innings. He hit me a lot. Um, <laughs> Kane, I got to play with Kane Williamson in D, and I think I got him out in the nets in the first season when he was about eighteen. And I don't think I ever got him out again in a training. I think he sort of worked me out, um, and I just, you know, he didn't destroy me, but I don't, I don't think I ever got him out again after that. And I probably played with him for about five seasons. Yeah, he's pretty impressive. Far out. Kane Williamson, eh? Yeah. Just a young boy then. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a, yeah, he was pretty young then. He's, you know, he's a good player, Kane. Always enjoy watching him, watch him back. Um, now, you're also known for your sort of putting the ball on a spot um, and your T20 and stuff like that. But was that what was your favourite format? Oh, I enjoyed all of them. I think they all provided different challenges for me as a bowler. Um, Four-day cricket, I was all about patience. I wasn't quite quick enough to blast through people, so I just to be really patient. So it was a sort of outweighing the opposition. Um, you know, white ball cricket, trying to take wickets and then and restrict, and then T20, you know, trying to bowl different deliveries and outsmart the batsman, really. So, no, I, I enjoyed all, for different for different reasons, I enjoyed all three forms, to be honest. We were just talking off mic a moment ago uh, about how you have a bit of a connection with a certain Baz as well, Brendan McCallum. Tell us that story. Uh, yeah, Baz, Nathan was a year below me at school, and Baz was two years below me. So, um, yeah, we played a wee bit of cricket. Uh, at school together, Brennan was in the first like from year nine because he was a very good wicket keeper. Mm. Um, so even before he could really whack the ball, he was in the first at a very young age. So um, yeah, he'd sort of bat eleven and and keep um, and do a fantastic job keeping, obviously. But that was when he was really little, and I was, I was still a, I was already a senior. So um, we had to bat out in an inter school against Southland Boys together once actually when we were nine down. So that was uh, that's one memory that comes to mind. Yeah. Just very quickly, uh, nowadays, how much involvement do you have in the cricket scene now? Um, oh, a little involvement. I've just um, actually joined a coaching program, sort of like the old level three, so that's an exciting opportunity for me. But I've taken the Otago under 19 at nationals for the last maybe um, three or four years, and I'm sort of once I've stepped away from playing, and I coach at Kings is where I take the first 11 at the school I teach at. So. Um, yeah, still quite heavily involved. Takes up a lot of um, summer hours. Yeah, coaching and watching and sometimes playing. Now, if we talk about uh, the England versus Black Caps game, have you played much cricket in England? I had one season there, um, just a club season. So no, I haven't played a lot. I haven't played any first class Indies or anything like that. Um, but yeah, got to bowl for Duke Ball, which is always uh, yeah changes the game a wee bit, doesn't it? 
Yeah, obviously, I was trying to tell sort of shuts that last week um, the difference between a Duke's ball and sort of England conditions. But I obviously have not played; I've only watched. So, um, from your perspective, playing, what's the sort of difference in England compared to New Zealand? Could you say? Yeah, I think I think the Duke's probably the biggest difference um, because it swings all day, and it stays. Even the seam stays hard for a long time. I mean, you watch that test; the ball the ball did a lot for a long time, didn't it? Um, and Lords with the slope, I mean, I've only ever been around, walked around Lords once, so I didn't really get a, probably a good grasp of it. But the slope also, it's quite pronounced at Lords, so that that always brings steam into play at Lords as well. Um, I guess it flattened out by day four, maybe, but that first two days it was doing plenty, wasn't it? Let's touch on the first test, of course, New Zealand's tour of England at the moment. Uh, England getting the win by five wickets the other day. What did you uh, take out of that game? Oh, I mean... Jeepers, they were 12 for, what, 40 for 7? Like, to even be with a chance of winning that test was actually quite impressive. Like, you've got to give, um, you've probably got to give credit to the lower order for getting them through to 130, even though that sounds like it's not much, but it, it gave them it gave them a chance. Um, and then, obviously, fighting back when, what, were England 90 for 2, and we bowled them out for 140. And then, obviously, that partnership, um, Mitchell and Blundell's partnership got them back in the game, but then the new ball came and over, you know, and over into day three they got the second new ball and all of a sudden went bang, bang, bang. We probably didn't quite, probably didn't quite get the lead. We could have, like, if we'd edged over three hundred, then we would have had, we would have had two goes with the new ball as well. But um, yeah, I mean, you could, you could say, oh, that one ball we'd gone home bowled a no ball. But I mean, cricket, there's, there's so many different instances, aren't there? Like, there were probably how many. How many balls in that in that game? Eight hundred deliveries. You can't really just say that game came down to one ball. Um, but when you look back, you think it was a huge moment, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just yeah. gonna... Joe. Root, I mean, Joe, Joe Root showed his class in that last innings, um, but it had flattened out a lot. So, yeah, I mean, Joe, you talked about maybe some of the tactics used in that second innings, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, well. Joe Root, he's obviously... Like Jesus Patel. Yeah, sorry, you go. Um, yeah, I was just talking about Joe Root quickly. He's the first player to 10,000 runs. Uh, well, no, sorry, youngest player to 10,000 runs um, ever, which is which is pretty impressive from him. He had a bit of a tough... Oh, he had a great year and then a sort of a bit of a tough year for a while. But, yeah, the, the tactics for the Black Caps was interesting, um, especially, obviously, Gary Stead choosing... Um, Patel uh, in the team as a bowler, but only bowling two overs in the, in the whole test match uh, was interesting yeah. as well. But do you put that down to um, Kane Williamson as a as the captain or Gary Stead as the coach, probably selecting the wrong team? Uh, I think everyone misread the pitch, to be honest. Like, from what, from what I heard on day one, both teams are going to bat first if they won the toss, and you're dealing with 12-4 after 10 overs. <laughs> yeah. So they thought it looked dry, and so they thought, well, we've got to pick a team here that lasts five days. And obviously Patel comes into the game, comes in later on in the game. You know, day four and five, if there's a run chase with a wearing pitch, then your spinners come into play. Um, and then I guess the other issue was that Stokes then went after him, didn't he, when he did come on. And so he never had a chance to settle. And so that obviously creates doubt in the skipper's mind. Oh, you know, is he the guy we go to this time? You know, steamers have been doing it for us all game. We'll sit mm. with them, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a tough one. Like once again, it's a bit hindsight, isn't it? Oh, we should have done this. We should have done this. But 
you know, at the end of the day, Kane's the guy, and, and he wouldn't be the only one. Like, he'd probably talk to Tom Latham about it a bit. Um, yeah, I just, I thought once, because the Gronholm went down injured, I thought maybe there was a chance to bowl ages because those seamers then got bowled into the ground a bit, and it's a three-match series. So you're not just worrying about their workload for that game. It's actually the workload for the whole series. But, and Daryl Mitchell bowled team in first-class cricket. I thought he could have been throwing the ball for some overs of the old ball, but... Um, yeah, I, I think they didn't quite get a big enough lead. I reckon if they if the tail had managed to maybe scramble another fifty like they did in the first innings and get that lead over three hundred, then you would have got the second new ball and um, at the eightieth over. And you know, if there was fifty runs to go, then then it would have been a different run chase possibly. But um, yeah, threw up a lot of interesting interesting questions, I guess, moving forward for the rest of the series. Yeah, so you've already spoke about um, sort of a black cap starting off, I think it was 6 for 36 in the first innings, 12 for 4, as you said. Um, mm. And the black caps coming off, I think it was oh, day 4 um, with, uh, well, it'd be day 3, actually. Yeah, with, day three, yeah. With Mitchell and um, Blundell on 96, uh, I think it was 96 and 90 each or something, um, and end up losing, I think they were 4 for 251 and ended up on... 10 for 285. Uh, who are your standouts from a sort of bowler's point of view? Who are your standouts? Oh, I mean, well, I mean, Anderson, Broad, Southend, Salt, a class opening bowls, aren't they? You know, they are, mm. their records speak for themselves. The guy Potts did a great job on day, like four for 13 off nine overs in the first inning. Two, you know, that stuff of boys, you, you don't even dream about figures like that, mm. you know? Um, and he backed up in the second innings as well with his streaker. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love I love watching Anderson with his control, you know, outside the ability to swing both ways. Stuart Broad just has some spells sometimes. I mean, that he does that all the time in his in his career, where he just has a spell where he's almost unplayable. And that over three wickets in the over, you know, um, really turned the game, didn't it? Cause he oh, got, 100%. He got Mitchell and got to a hundred. DeGronholm can change the game pretty quickly if he if he gets going. Yeah, but a bit of laziness from the home. Jameson's got some runs. So, yeah, I mean, the ball went quickly, didn't it, to Pope? Mm. And he hit the stumps, and it's just, you know, Colin would have been thinking, is the umpire going to give me a LBW? It's close, and you don't even think about having to get back, and then you're gone. Mm. Yeah, the, I mean, that overchanged the game a bit. Um, yeah, I would, I, I would have liked to see Patel and Bolt actually show a bit more. Um, well, Bolt is not out, but it would have been nice if, They'd been able to hang around with Southie and, and even another 20, 30 runs might have just mentally getting over 300 yeah. in front. Could have been a big, yeah, could have made it made it a bit more tougher mentally for England. But, you know, they were, what were they, 60 to four and one, they still had a bit of work to do when the keeper came in. If we had one more wicket, we're into their tail. So. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, game of fine margin, game of fine margin. Obviously, uh, the Black Caps, as we mentioned just a moment ago, had a pretty tough start to things. Uh, from a coach's perspective, obviously, you've spent a lot of time in the coaching seat. Uh, what changes would you think they could make going into game number two? You don't. You sort of don't want to be panic stationed. I think the Black Caps have shown in the last five years they've actually been quite conservative with changes. Like Henry Nichols comes back in, his once again his record is actually really impressive when you when you look at it. Um, even in the history of New Zealand, he's, he's probably right up there already as a potential, you know, um, when you've got Latham, Williamson, Nichols, like that, they've all got really good records. Mm. Um, so he has to come back in. 
maybe Mitchell drops down to seven and becomes the all-rounder that, now that the Grondheim's injured. Um, you could look at bringing in Michael Bracewell hasn't been off spinning for that long properly, but he would also shore up the batting. And then Neil Wagner, I mean, his record is his record is unreal as well. Like, it's right up there with Tim's and Trent's, isn't it? It's right up there with Southie and Bolt. And I sometimes think, I sometimes think he gets left out. And, I don't know, for me, he'd sometimes be first picked almost. Like, he just makes things happen, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a unique style to Southie and Bolt. They're both sort of similar, well, not similar bowlers, but they sort of offer the same sort of thing um, in their own way. But Wagner sort of offers that, Sort of utility role, isn't it? He kind of can do everything, but he also can chuck one in your ribs and um, set a set a defensive field, um, which which I suppose wouldn't work too well in England. Uh, but you know, it's still an option that he can can bring as well as pitching it up. Well, he does both. You know, um, that Test Championship last year, he actually went back to being a swing bowler like the rest of. Like he mm. bowled a lot fuller and so on the last tour of England. And Matt, Matt Henry's record in England is ridiculous. If you look up his first class record when he's played first class cricket rec- cricket in England, I think he averages about eighteen with the ball or something. Like he just takes wickets for fun. So they've actually got. It's almost like they've got too many options. Like they don't have a set. They probably don't have a set eleven at the moment. There's probably like a set nine. And then it really depends on the mix you want to take in to the game. And uh, Trent Bridge is probably quite can be bouncy Trent Bridge, but can also be dry and, and take some turn later on in the game. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, Patel Jeepers, he's one of three guys that have taken a temper in a, in a cricket in a test cricket inning. You know, like mm. <laughs> you sort of can't. Impressive. I know any bowled two overs, but you can't sort of knock that either. Like. And it makes it quite tough to know what the right 11 is. They're almost at sport for choice. Obviously, Bradley, uh, England getting the win by five wickets there, and that's not a bad first impression for Brendan McCallum as well as the coach. Uh, what do you make of him getting the coaching role there? Oh, yeah, I mean, awesome. Having, you know, known Baz growing up, he is a very um, he's a very personable guy. Yeah. And his belief, like his self-confidence, rubs off on other people. And, and it's certainly not arrogance. He just backs himself. Like, he's always done that from a really young age. And um, I think that's what rubs off on his players when he takes a team. And so uh, there was even an article by on uh, from Jimmy Anderson today and just saying, you know, his positivity was, was great. They came in after that partnership of 180 with Mitchell and um, Blundell. And Baz was just like, oh, boys, look, that can happen. You know, they, they're allowed to get a good partnership, but we're one, one over away from you all tomorrow morning. But, have a good night's sleep and we'll get back into it tomorrow and win the test. Mm. And Anderson, who's played 20 years of test cricket, said it was quite refreshing for just someone to be, you know, just say it how it was, but, you know, we can we can just come back tomorrow and reset. And Very we're still positive. in a good position. Yeah, he is. He is. And he, I mean, there's no no doubt that the way Stokes played Patel was probably Baz's influence, saying just back yourself. Turning into you, it's a pretty, pretty comfortable shot for you. Just take him on. And mm. two overs to 22, you hit him out of the attack again, really. Yeah. So, no, I think Baz, yeah, he'll, he'll bring a lot of a lot of self-belief to them and realize, make them hopefully realise they are good enough. They just, I don't know, whether it's mental or the pressure of the press over there or what, but something's got in the way of them sort of believing in themselves. And I think he will bring, yeah, he'll change their mindset for sure. 
from a from a Black Caps point of view for the second test, do we see any changes to the team? Do you think Patel will come out? And also, do you see any Volts boys? Um, obviously, we've got um, Rutherford in there as well as I think it's Duffy as as well. Um, do you do you think they will get a run? I oh, know they've actually been so they were in the original. There was an extended squad of twenty for the IPL guys coming late. Oh, okay. And, so they're um, not in the Jacob, yeah. Jacob and um, Rudzie are both playing first class cricket. They're both. Playing oh, county cricket. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. They're staying in England, but they're playing county cricket. Rudzi's playing for Leicester, uh, and I'm not sure who Duff's playing for. Maybe Kent. Yeah, so Rudzi's been playing some T20 cricket already. Um, Tim Seifert's over there too, which is off topic. But um, Nichols, Nichols will come back in, and mm-hmm. then it's just it's just been mixed up for what sort of bowling attack they want, really, whether, whether they want to sacrifice a frontline seamer to strengthen the batting, keep the batting strong, or whether they want to go in with, you know, their four-prong attack. I do think they're going to have to have some sort of spin at Trent Bridge, I think. But, yeah, Just, you either sacrifice the team or the batter because of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just jumping back into, of course, your day job. You're at King's High School. And uh, compared to your first 11 last year, you've lost a uh, very, very key player. How are your boys ticking for this season? Oh, uh, yeah, we went all right. Um... We had a good, we actually had a good inter-school win. I was actually away with um, with COVID. I, I was in isolation, but our um, skipper for the year, Oram Guttill, got a hundred, which was the first hundred since Joe's uh, teammate Jacob Murray got one a couple of years ago, and, and Oram got a hundred not out. So that was good. Um, haven't had any Gillette Cup yet. That's going to happen later on this year. So I guess we'll be starting to gear up for that once everyone's got through their winter coats. But um, yeah, Joe. Joe and Jacob, we actually lost two top, very, very good top-order players. Um, they both scored over 1,000 runs in their time, maybe even 1,500 runs in their time at Kings. So they were, um, yeah, not not trying to pump Joe's tyres by making it up. They're two very big losses for us, to you be should, honest. You should yeah. see the grin on his face at the moment. It's gold. That's <laughs> balls and blokes with Corbin and Joe. Oi, oi. Once again, thanks to Scott at Four Mates Brewery for his continued support. You can go with the rest. You start <laughs> us off. Well, it's the uh, semi-finals of the Super Rugby Pacific this weekend. Only the two games, of course, and this is what it comes down to. Four teams, two of them will be in the grand final for this year. So really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm heading along to watch this game here on Friday night. The Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Joey, who have you got on that one there? Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. I've seen the Chiefs go... Um, go up in the in the regular season yep. a couple of times, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think the Crusaders are going to yeah do a job at home and, and get the job done. Cool, I completely obviously. agree with you. Yeah, Crusaders for the win. Uh, and then Saturday, of course, it's the Blues and the Brumbies. I'm seeing the Blues get the win here and it'll be a Crusaders-Blues final. Yep, I, I completely agree. I think the Blues will actually not only win, but smash them. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. And uh, who do you pick in the final then if it is those two teams? Um... Oh, we're probably gonna have to do a bit of a build up for next pod for this. Mm. Uh, but I think, I think the Blues, I think the Blues are gonna choke. I think they're gonna have one of those seasons where they go really good. But I think they're gonna, yeah, I think they're gonna choke to a, a pretty good Crusaders side. And Crusaders always raise the bar when it comes to finals oh, for the as well. It's just what happens. I think they're just used to winning finals and it just becomes nice and easy. But anyway, the NRL round fourteen, no buys this week. Back to a full um, eight games. Mm. Um, Cowboys play the Dragons. Cowboys. Cowboys the same. Uh, Titans and Rabbitohs. Bunnies. Roosters and Storm. Storm. Yeah, I think the Storm are going to get the job done. Uh, Broncos versus the Raiders. 
Raiders. Yep, the Raiders are, are showing some pretty good form at the moment, and I think the Broncos will be missing a couple key players with your, your sort of... Oh, no, they won't be, actually. They're playing. Yeah, well, that's going to be an it's interesting game. Weird, eh? I don't, I can't believe that. Um, especially with the the injuries that Origin normally has. You know? mm. like there, I reckon there'll be a few injuries tonight. Yeah. Um, West Tigers versus the Sea Eagles. I'm going to go... Well, Manly are affected by injury and, and that sort of stuff as well. Mm. So... I think the Tigers will put up a fight. I don't think they'll be quite strong enough to beat Manly, though, but they'll be close. Okay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Seagulls as well. Uh, the Panthers versus the Knights. Panthers. And the Warriors playing the Sharks. See, I think the Warriors can get that done. You reckon? I think they can. Um, it'll take dedication and some hard work, but once again, Stacey Jones hasn't really changed the team for this weekend. Compared, you know, this was a chance for him to go with a completely different look into the game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I'm going to go the Sharks. I think, um, you know, with Nico Hines back and, and those big sort of big game players, yeah. I think um, I think they're going to get the job done and I think they're going to probably put some put some points on our board. Um, Bulldogs, last game is versus the Eels. Eels. Yeah, I think the Eels as well. I think the Bulldogs aren't going too well this season. Well, I think that's it. That's it. Anything on for the weekend? Um, I think I'm going to have a pretty quiet weekend. Nice. Yeah, yourself? Um, I'm seeing the Woodford Lens Speedway Awards night on Saturday oh. night, so looking forward to that. And obviously heading along to the rugby on Friday as well with um with a with a mate from Vicargo. So um should be good fun. We're looking forward to hanging out next week. Going to do another Origin episode that should drop, you know, Monday, whatever next Sunday, week, Monday. Sunday, yep, uh, early on in the week anyway. So we'll like, get that out there. Hopefully, we'll have a wee special guest as well. So working on that behind the scenes now, and we'll cover all things from Origin game number one and a wee preview into game number two. Well, I think it's time we Before kick back. We go. Pick your team, Queensland. Queensland. Queensland going to win this game. Yeah. Pick your player. The player of the match. I think Valentine Holmes is going to have a good game. I've got a feeling he's going to be That's really, really good. I think he's going to be um, a leader as well. I think he's got a lot of Origin experience. Um, I think Gagai will be very good too. So we'll wait okay. and see. Yourself. I think. Um, I think Harry Grant off the bench is going to be really good. Um, yeah. He's always really good. And I think Ben Hunt might surprise us as well. So I think okay. both the hookers are going to do all right. And I think Munster's also going to step up to the plate. Anyone from New South Wales you think is going to be a force to be reckoned with tonight? I think it's going to be a game for the Fords for New South Wales. I think Polo and Payne Haas are going to be big. Okay. I think we're going to see Teddy really come out of his shell. I think Teddy okay. is going to be a dangerous man with ball in hand. So looking forward to watching that. I think it's time we kick back and, and open up a wee bevy and, and sit yeah. back and watch some State of Origin. where it's uh, Stones, ginger wine. Yeah, it's good stuff, that stuff, isn't it? Also, thank you to Bradley Scott for jumping on before we leave. Yeah. Well, there we have it. Episode 13 of Bats, Balls and Blakes. Looking forward to catching up again early next week. Uh, hooroo. Hooroo.